You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today's episode is kind of a, a BS session. Uh, Jake, Jeff, and I kind of catching up on things. It's been a while that, since we had hung out in person and, and talked to each other. So <laughs> wide-ranging topic in this one, or topics in this one, just kind of a conversation between the three of us so you know everything from updates on how jacob's uh, new house build is going to uh, a way i discovered to hang a, a cheap and easy way i discovered to hang euro mounts and even some some way or not some ways even some updates jeff got from the odnr on some questions he had and some questions he had seen from people online about uh some of the the different controlled hunt opportunities and things like that so lots of stuff in this one hopefully it's an enjoyable conversation for you all to listen to before we get into that conversation though i want to talk about our sponsor monster whitetail grub monster whitetail grub is a deer feed company and they make a good product we've been using it for a long time now it's a great tool to get deer in front of your cameras. It's a great tool for getting deer in front of your stand. So check them out. They've got their signature monster whitetail grub feed that they're kind of known for. It's a it's more of a coarse feed, so the deer don't consume it quite as quick. It's got mineral mixed in, so they keep coming back even after the physical feed is gone because that mineral has worked down into the dirt. So lots of good options or, or lots of good benefits to that feed. They've also got... Uh, flavored corn and just straight mineral so lots of good things offered there check them out go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors and there you'll find a link to get in touch with them there may be a retail location near you where you can just go pick some up or you can order it direct from monster white toe grub so with that let's get into the conversation Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. 
Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, guys. So hopefully uh, things are going well. I don't know if you guys got a bunch of rain at your house today, but I woke up to flood warnings this morning and and it didn't rain didn't rain didn't rain and then here this afternoon it uh we got a bunch of rain in short order so i don't know what it did where you guys are at but yeah we got most of our rain yesterday it rained all day yesterday yeah and well and it's the reason i you know i mean we're not that far from each other but this time of year right you get these like pockets right where like yeah. You could be 10 minutes away and be like, no, we didn't get any rain. And you're like, oh, we got three inches of rain, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it, I don't know what it is, but it seems like my weather is very different, you know, rain-wise, precipitation-wise, um, than your weather and, you know, things your way. Yeah. Um, because... I'll get I'll get rain at work. You know, it'll pour at work all day. And I'll come home, which is not not a far drive. You know, it's a 17, you know, probably somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes drive. And and you know, Amber will be like, "Yeah, no, we didn't get any rain today." Hmm. Yeah. Weird like that, I guess, especially this this time of year, right? These like, you know, summer rainstorms, you know, you get these clusters of, of yeah. thunderstorms or something where you get a ton of rain and no rain. Oh, uh, one thing I want to mention on here, I, I showed you guys this. I sent you pictures, but for listeners, I can't take credit for this. I saw it, I, you know, cruising around YouTube. I saw a video about this, but for hanging euro mounts if you're look you know there's lots of commercially available stuff out there the i think it's like skull hookers and and hme and you know everybody's got little stamp sheet metal things or or whatever for for hanging euro mounts they can be kind of pricey i've seen other videos on making them out of like a you know like a corner bracket and then you put a bolt in there that goes up into the you know, the brain cavity. This one, simple off the shelf, buy it at the hardware store. It hangs a, a skull at a, at a nice angle. Um, it's not, you know, hanging straight down with the, you know, with the, with the, I guess with the teeth basically against the wall, you know, it's, it's comes out of the wall on an angle and you, you guys saw the picture of it, but if you're looking for a quick, easy way to hang a Euro mount, buy yourself a handrail like your for your steps in your house, that bracket that bolts the the handrail to the wall. It goes right up in the brains, you know, that brain cavity. It holds it on there. I mean, you can't position it. Some of the some of like the the real nice ones, you can kind of position them left, right, however, you know, you want to do them. But if you're just looking to to get it on the wall, they're a couple bucks, three, four bucks. You can get them in all different kinds of finishes, you know, 
brushed nickel, bronze, black, um, whatever matches your, you know, your the look you're going for. They're a couple bucks and they work really well. So that's just as a, uh, I don't know. I was, I, I, I saw it on YouTube and I thought, well, I'll give it a try. And sure enough, I was, I was surprised at how quick and easy it goes up, you know, it, and it, it, uh, works well. So hopefully, you know, maybe some listeners are looking for a way to hang your own mounts and, uh, maybe that helps somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's but, interesting. I mean, that's a good tip. Yeah. So the other thing, um, Jake, with your, you know, your property and everything, you've been saying that you've got bunches of berries this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't take, again, can't really take credit for it. I don't do anything to help those berries along. I don't even know what to do. But, yeah, I had bunches of black raspberries, which they're kind of drying themselves up by now. But I got a bunch of blackberries coming in. There's already some. We filled, I mean, they're 90% of them aren't ready yet, but just the 10% of them that were, we that we picked the other day, we were able to fill a pretty good sized bucket full. So see, the weird thing is, and the reason I brought that up is, I mean, there again, we're, you know, the weather thing, we're not that far from each other. We, you know, obviously I guess local moisture levels are, are, are obviously different, but my berries this year are not doing good. I mean, I don't have much in the way of black raspberries. We had one little black raspberry bush that the birds planted and we cut the tree down. It was a, you know, like a bratty old blue spruce that was leaning weird. And, you know, we cut it down, had the stump ground up. I tried to dig it up and, and move it, but it was basically growing right next to the stump. So it was like, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't get like a good shovel scoop around it. You know, I was like hitting right. the the stump roots. And so it didn't, it we'll see. I mean, it had berries on it. Maybe some of those berries will sprout next year in that spot where I moved it to, but the plant itself didn't, you know, didn't seem to, to have survived the, uh, the transplant, but the the berries out here are not good at all. Whereas last year we had tons of berries. You know, mom and dad came out and picked berries. Right. And we had yeah. lots of blackberries. This year we've got almost none. Yeah, that is crazy. Because like you said, it's not it's not like we're living states apart from each other, you know. It's right. half hour or whatever. But yeah, we got I'd say more berries this year than we had last year in terms of blackberries, for sure. Black raspberries is probably about the same, but in terms of blackberries that are at least, you know, assuming they all go to maturity, so to speak, they look well on their way. Like we'll have way more blackberries than we had last year. Yeah. And I, I think Jeff, you have mentioned this where the berries grow on like second year growth or something like that. So I'm wondering if it has yeah, I've something heard that. to do with that. Yeah, I don't I don't know the specifics of it. I don't know enough about it to speak on it. But yeah, I have heard that 
berries grow on whatever second year or whatever it is. So it has. Yeah, I know they definitely age out. You know, like yeah, like first year growth doesn't get it. Second year they'll start to grow, and it's not like it's not too long where you know, like that stem ages out and whatever grew off that stem. You know, this upcoming year is what is producing. You know the the berries. Right, the next crop of. Yeah, I probably should look into it since I have such a good kind of crop of them along the edges of my property to, if there's anything I need to do in terms of cutting them back or cutting certain non-productive stems to leave room for more productive, you know, I don't, I don't know. But in order to keep it coming every year, if I have to trim them, cut them, remove dead stuff, I don't know. I'll end up hacking it and killing it. I'm sure that's usually what I do. I have no green thumb at all well i'm hoping a listener that's more versed in in (laughs) berry cultivation will will send us a note uh, you know on whatever facebook or you know go on the contact us page of our website or something and uh you know give us a couple quick tips that we can share with the rest of the audience but yeah yeah. i just thought that was interesting you were saying that your berries are are going bonkers this year and and our berries out here are not. Yeah. But our strawberries, we didn't have any, we don't have like mature strawberry bushes, but like my wife bought a strawberry plant, I don't know, a year or two ago and kept it in a pot and it went crazy that year. I planted it. It never lived. She bought another one. It did okay. And now this year she got one from a friend whose strawberries are going crazy and it didn't grow a single strawberry. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Something with, again, local, whatever the strawberry, at least that plant wasn't happy. It could have been from the, you know, transplant. It might go crazy next year. Who knows? But, yeah. um, yeah, she we didn't hardly get a single strawberry off of it. I think the kids each got one to eat and after that it was done. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, but we, uh, I don't know if I talked on here about my barn gutters. I got those fixed. <laughs> they I don't were, think you mentioned it on, mentioned the, it on, on the show. Yeah, I got, we have an old hundred year old barn on my property and we got the roof, metal roof replaced and gutters, new gutters put on it to keep the water away from the foundation because talking to people that are around old barns they said you know water around the foundation will be what will destroy that barn because the freeze thaw it'll push all the stone in which is what the foundation is um so we put gutters on it and we got a big heavy rain this spring and the water was draining out of the wrong side of the gutter so i quickly looked at it a little closer and they weren't exactly hung correctly so luckily i called the people that put it in and they came out and fixed it no problem but they tried to blame it on leaves in the gutter but that's not what it was so. <laughs> do do your gutters on that barn do they go into like is it collecting the water or is it just go out it's not the... it's not currently collecting the water um they just go out down the hill on the far side of the barn um i may start collecting it at some point because 
collect a bunch of water off there. But yeah, um, at this point, they're just running off onto the ground. So I've been thinking about add because we got a it's not a hundred year old barn. It's just a barn that was built here when the, this house was built. So it's a I don't know, 30 year old barn. Um, it it I've been thinking about adding some sort of rainwater collection to it because our house i mean you guys know but i don't know if i mentioned it on on here our house is on a a cistern so we collect rainwater off the roof goes into a a tank cistern tank and then it's pumped into the house basically from that point it's like a well it's pumped into the house the water's treated filtered cleaned all that stuff and then it's you know flows throughout the house for consumption but the the barn just it just goes on the ground, you know. The problem is, the barn is downhill from the house, slightly. So in order to use it at the house, I mean, I could just use it for like you know water in the garden and stuff like that, because the garden's kind of back right. that way by the by the barn. But uh, I'd have to rig something up for collecting Work. water, and then you know probably some sort of float activated pump where it would pump the water up to the main cistern or something it's been you know not a high priority it's just been something i've been kicking around you know yeah but this year with the rain we've had you know we've had plenty of water we haven't had to call and order water so we've been fortunate in that in that regard but that's i guess that's why i was asking if you're you know if you're if it collects the water or anything or if it just goes on the ground yeah, it just at this point, yeah, it just runs off on the ground. I don't know the um, original gutters that were on the barn were not there when we acquired the property. I mean, all that was left was the big gutter hooks that the gutters sat in. Right. So I don't know if maybe at some point they collected it somewhere or did. I don't know that, but the barn had been cleaned of all of its metal so i'm thinking someone probably took the gutters mm. you know at some point like inside the barn there's an old hay i don't even know what it's called it's like a track that a hook ran along that you could pull the hay bales up on oh okay and all that had been the track is still up there because i'm they couldn't probably get it down would be my guess but everything else was gone gotcha that was all before we got it though but um yeah so i don't know we're uh playing the games with the county trying to get the septic approved mm. it's playing the permit game so that's what's holding us up right now yeah that's always fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. you didn't you didn't decide to do what the guy down by uh our cabin decided to do is just build a un unapproved septic tank on someone else's property didn't no. decide to do that one no we didn't go that route <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's probably what you should have done that yeah that, I guess that so. sounds like a good idea right just put it that's on someone else's move there yeah yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no i'm just uh we sh- every time we think we're close something else comes up and it's just silly stuff like the latest is they wanted the gas line printed on the 
topographical map, even though the septic, I mean, it's on 14 acres. The gas line that runs through my property is nowhere near where my septic's going to be. But just because it's on the parcel, they have to show it, I guess. I, it's just silly stuff. Yeah. So it's just back and forth. But whatever. So that's a gas line, like, you're not talking the gas line that runs down the road. That's like a transfer line or something that's that runs Correct. through the middle of your property? Yes. Yeah. It's a okay. main, yeah, it's like a, it's not a gas line you can tap into. It's a bigger line that runs, yeah, basically through the middle of my property. So, so you'll have, yeah. you'll have gas heat, but well, and septic for water. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We'll do gas. Everything. Basically my wife likes a gas stove cause that's what she's used to. So, and then, yeah, well and septic. So I don't know. Good deal. Yeah, we're just uh, hoping, we were hoping to be in by the start of school, but that's not happening. So now we're just trying to get it as soon as we can. It's going to be right in the middle of deer season. So we'll have to of work course. on it. You know how it goes, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so I think the uh, the most recent date he's given us is like end of October or sometime in October. So. I don't know. Did it be done or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It will be done by the middle of or end of October. So we'll see. I don't know. It's uh, then one good thing, I guess, is that it's a relatively pressured area. You know what I mean? It's not like there's, it's not like I'm building my house in the middle of, 50 untouched acres that nobody travels through right yeah There's a lot of a lot of noise and movement around all the area so there's other houses being built in the general vicinity so it's not something probably that's going to be totally out of the realm of the deer so hopefully it doesn't impact it too much i haven't run any cameras yet this year to even know what it looks like but i'm sure they're around there's plenty of them last year Jeff, is your house on a well? No, it is not. I have city water. Oh, okay. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I I have uh I don't know what it's called. Uh a rural water district or something like that. Huh. Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're much more rural than I am, but we're on Yeah. You either gotta have a well or or a cistern. Where I'm at. Yeah, and I mean, I'm way, way more rural than where Jacob's property is. Yeah. And, so I guess. Uh, and I'm close to the sewer too. Like, had they ran the sewer or just a little bit further, I'd be on sewer. Okay. I'm. I, I mean, in, I think the problem is they would have had the. Cr- Cross where they just because that I'm assuming is a pretty big expense. You know, I don't know, but at least has you know has some challenges associated with it. So right. they decided to stop there. 
instead of running the sewer, you know, and they would have ran it and been able to get, I don't know, four, five more houses. Yeah, not worth the expense. Right. Yeah, I reason I ask is um, I'm assuming the well a well is the same way since it's you know basically the same system. You need electricity to run a well pump to get water out of your well. So when you lose electric, you also lose water, which is not the case on a city water system, right? You still have water pressure, and right, it's a real bummer. <laughs> I mean, to the point where we're we're considering having a not this year, but at some point maybe having a generator installed to to run the pump for our water because like you know you get one flush on the toilets, you get you know you got you can't turn the faucet on and you know if you wanted to build a fire outside or something and heat water like you know because you got no power you know you can't. I guess you could go dip a bucket out of the cistern, but it's untreated. It's untreated water at that point. You know, it's so it's uh, I mean, we grew up on city water. And so this is this was our first experience with like, oh, the power goes out. You lose water, too. And it, it I mean, thankfully, I mean, I know there's people that have that lose power, you know, big storm comes through or whatever. And like you they're losing power for days or, you know, a week plus, or, you know, like we haven't had anything like that. you know, we're talking hours tops, you know, but, but yeah, when you, when you, when you lose power and it, it kills your water too, it's kind of like, man, losing power wasn't, you know, especially during the middle of the day or whatever, you know, it's like, well, well, whatever. I'll, I'll just keep flipping this light switch on, uh, and forgetting that the power's off, uh, and then, you know, all the switches throughout the house are in some random configuration of on and off, but you also lose water and it's, it's a real bummer. So Jake, you got that looked to, to, to look forward to. Yeah. Have you thought, well, I guess, like you said, you haven't had a ton of experience or bad experience with it, but have you looked into or thought about getting a generator to run that stuff? Yeah. I I mean, I've looked briefly. And they're um, expensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more money than we want to spend right now. You know, and it's one yeah. of those things that like when we first moved into this place, we had a few power outage situations and it was like, man, we we should look at getting a generator. And then like we went you know, a year plus probably, you know, storms, all kinds of craziness, never nothing, never lose power, you know? And so it's like, oh, we're fine. You know, it's no big deal. Well, then here recently, you know, we've lost power a couple, couple times, you know, and it's been out for a couple hours and it's like, son of a gun, we should really get a generator. Like, the, you know, the disaster preparedness side of me is like man we need a generator but then you know you start looking into it and the cost of it and it's like well maybe next year you know and then next year will be a year where you (laughs) power's fine we don't have any issues everything's good and you know another year will go by and right well another thing i've heard about that too is in a case where you don't it's a very sporadic need for it 
I've heard stories where people have a generator, but it doesn't get used for two years and then it doesn't work. Yeah. Because it just hasn't been cycling and all the parts haven't been doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And then, you know, power goes out and it's like, oh, generator doesn't work. There's no way to know it doesn't work until it's too late. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I certainly put yourself get, on like, a, a schedule generator or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, my plan was to have it plumbed into our propane and and i think though you know that, that all runs much more cleanly and i mean obviously there's right. still moving parts and things in there that that like you said it, you know if something sits for long enough it just doesn't like that it needs to run and be lubricated and all that but uh right. you know i don't know if there's maintenance intervals that you can run on those where you fire them up and let them do their thing every six months or you know i don't know I haven't yeah. I haven't gone that far down the uh, the research rabbit hole yet, but but yeah, right. that's the other thing too. Like you know, to that point, it's like, eh, do we just suffer through these few in- incidences to not have to add another to do on my, you know, on my list of like, you know, homeowner maintenance repair, keeping things up and working list, right. The other thing I wanted to talk about, Jeff, you said uh, you've you planted was it millet? Yeah, around your pond. Japanese millet. Japanese millet. Okay. Yeah. So, as I've mentioned before, the the drain on my pond is broken. Um, it it needs to get fixed, but I have I don't know what the or I want to look for is, but if if I'm going to put any money into getting it fixed, I should, I want to put, you know, put some, the nice in, um, something where I can control the water level, you know, oh, okay. myself, you know, I can add or remove, you know, layers and, you know, lower or raise, I mean, obviously, got to wait for the rainfall to raise it but you know raise or lower the water level so basically right now it's just a a vertical culvert like a big you know a 30 inch culvert or something that runs vertically and when the water gets high enough it flows over the edge of that culvert down in and and out yes and what the problem is is and where the vertical culvert goes down it goes down to a concrete pipe in the bottom well where that where the culvert connects to that concrete pipe um the it's damaged the seal's broken um and it's it was never put together correctly I, i think they used scrap pieces of culvert to build it so it has multiple connection points while those connection points are worn out and broken so what i have to do is once the water level gets down to the base of the culvert i have to take dig muck you know dirt up and basically build a little dam around the culvert to prevent the water from going next to the culvert going down and into that crack and out gotcha um 
but so because my culvert or because the the drain is broken in that way um my water level <laughs> uh varies a lot you know i get there's about a you know when when like now when there's a heavy rain you know consistent heavy rain the water level comes up about a foot to foot and a half um maybe and sometimes even more but uh in that flood area basically i planted japanese millet you know where the water comes up in a heavy rain then goes down because it's kind of an eyesore because i mean i guess i could put like landscaping stone there but that's expensive and does nothing for any you know it's just looks pretty so i planted japanese millet there so that it it grows it doesn't as long as it gets established without getting flooded it doesn't really mine that constant up and down of water and hopefully this fall i'm gonna have a ton of millet in my pond attracting ducks you know and, i like it uh even you know attracting doves attracting deer to the edge of the pond um i so far i've been impressed because as really all i did to establish it was wait for the water level to go down killed off what weeds were there you know because there was some grasses and stuff that were able to survive in that you know constant flooding and um but killed those off and spread the seed on the mud bed and uh it's so far so good you know we'll we'll see what happens you know i'm probably i don't know 40 days in the growth you know 40 days of growth right now okay it's gonna take probably 80 90 100 days of growth to reach you know maturity to be releasing seed Hmm. but i i'll be curious to hear updates on that we need to pause here real quick and talk about our sponsor mastin's deer sense mastin's is a deer scent company they're also a predator scent company so they basically have everything covered from a scent standpoint that you would need Scent is a great tool to have in your toolkit. It's a good way to get deer to stop in front of your camera. They sell the scent drippers that you can put their liquid scent in. They also sell scented gel crystals, scented candles, like deer scented candles that you can um, use in their double scent stacker. So lots of good options, lots of interesting options. And as I always say, the prices are very reasonable, which, which I really appreciate. So check them out go to mastinsdeersense.com see what they have to offer check out their prices see for yourself and order what you like and with that let's get back into the episode yeah i also tried to do it at our dad's place he's got a area that lies wet throughout the whole year um but i think his that area you get just the tiniest little bit of rain and it floods. So I could never establish the seed, uh, you know, because right. you get, you know, 
you get a tenth of an inch of rain. Well, there it's an inch of rain, and the seed just, you know, floats away. Yeah. So some someone probably, you know, down down river, if you will, <laughs> probably has some Japanese millet growing, but it's it's not him. It's, yeah. So, and yeah, if this if this works out, you know, because it was so easy to establish this works out i'll continue to do this you know every year here and probably find some more places to to do it so it it it's a it needs replanted every year yeah yeah and okay i mean i i don't have any uh firsthand experience but uh a lot of people say it'll it'll reseed itself you know next year you'll have some because it'll reseed itself right um you know so you know some people say they they plant it every two or three years because and probably my pond you know it wouldn't reseed as well because i have water that flows through it but if you have a pond that doesn't actually you know have water flow through it it's uh you know it only basically is losing water through evaporation yeah you know that sort of pond would probably reseed a lot better you know because the the seed can't escape it can't go anywhere it's either getting eaten or it's you know floating on top of the water and getting reseeded in you know into the mud gotcha but but also speaking of dove hunting, um, both of your guys' daughters told me on the Fourth of July um, that you you guys were taking them dove hunting. Well, that and was I didn't know if you guys were aware of this. Yes, that was from you. Yeah, because you had mentioned we like, hey, you know, maybe right. we should we should let the girls uh, tag along for the, for our dove hunt. So I told Ella after that, I said, hey, what do you, you know? What do you think about the uh, going out to grandma's in the fall and and going on the dove hunt you know with us with you know uncle jacob and uncle jeff and grandpa and i said you don't have to you know you don't have to be real quiet you don't have to you know sit super still and she was fired up loves the idea she's been practicing her dove calls (laughs) yeah because they they told me without I mean, without prompting like that, that is not what we were talking about. But I was driving around on the gator at the farm and somehow something came up. And then I think Ella was the first one to say it. But like that, we're we're going dove hunting this fall. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you are. But Lily also told me that her dad's taking her turkey hunting. Um, yeah, I talked to her about it. Yeah, that 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 is like that that is happening, and it's happening. Uh, I I don't know necessarily. She said soon, but next turkey season, her dad's taking her turkey hunting. It's been discussed that I would <laughs> put her in a blind, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we'd give it the old college try. 
Yeah. But, you know, that's saying a lot. I've never killed a turkey, so I don't imagine we're going to have much success. But you thinking at the cabin or out at grandma's or um I don't I don't know. I didn't think of a specific place yet. Um the problem with down at the cabin is you have to have a blind obviously, so you'd have to mm-hmm. have that set up and established ahead of time or carry it on um, your back and throw it up real quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you'd have to brush it in or whatever, you know what I mean? A turkey can see so it'll be able to even turkey don't care about blinds oh that's good i don't know why but turkey you know a deer will will notice a blind being put up a turkey will walk straight up to a blind that you just put up and not think twice about it i don't know why that does not at least from my experience that does not face well that that bodes well for us then because uh, yeah. I need one to walk right up to it. So, yeah, but she's got a lot of yeah. things she's got to do ahead of time. Um, you know, she's never even. So I and we didn't talk about like whether she's going to shoot or not shoot or just be with me. I'm hoping that she's OK with just being in the blind with me and being part of it, which I think she'll be OK with because she's never shot. I mean, shot a 22, but she's never shot a. Anything that could kill a turkey legally in the state of Ohio. Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. I uh, would strongly push her toward just going and not shooting because right. I my fear would be you put her on a shotgun and I mean I guess right. unless you're going to put her on the crossbow, but right, that would be the only option. Yeah, I guess I could put her on the crossbow. Yeah, I told her this year I needed her to get two deer with the crossbow because we ran out of deer meat or we're not quite out, but. We're pretty slim pickings, so I told her I need her to contribute more to the family. <laughs> uh-huh. It's time well, she earns one her thing, I've, I've shot a turkey with a crossbow, and it is not very satisfying. I don't know why, but shooting turkeys with a crossbow is just, you expect more to happen. You know, like... I. A deer, you shoot, you shoot a deer, and that arrow whips, you know, right through it. Right. You shoot a turkey, and it, you know, knocks the turkey around, but then the turkey runs away with your arrow in it, <laughs> and you know, guy, you know, it doesn't go far because I mean, it's it can't really, but it's like that's that's all that happened. Like you know, I expected the arrow to you know go straight through it but i think because the turkey's so light you know the turkey catches the arrow because i've shot one and amber shot one i think it was like back-to-back days and it's like oh that's you know not what i expected that to happen with different bows or the same bow same bow same crossbow my crossbow okay. And it's just well, you have to get into the. Uh, it's not. You have to get into the old decapitator heads. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. You can get more excitement then. Just slice their heads off. <laughs> yeah. Gobbler guillotine. Yeah, yeah. whatever they are. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I plan on I plan on getting Lily out. 
more this year. She loves it, man. She tells everybody about it. We went and picked up some corn today. And it's a local farmer guy that we always pick up corn from. He has generally good pricing on it. And he's sometimes there, sometimes not. Runs it on the honor system. But he was there today. And, you know, he's seen me and the kids before so like we pulled up and he said hi and they jumped out and climbed on his bags of corn and he's you know he's real nice with them but he asked um he asked lily he said you know have you ever went hunting for deer and she lit up real big smile she goes yeah i shot one (laughs) (laughs) and he kind of looked at me like is she telling me the truth and i'm like yeah she shot her first deer last year so he was quite impressed because his son was there. He, his son appeared to be, I don't know, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. And, you know, he said to him, he goes, oh, she's got you beat. <laughs> so it sounded like he was going to take his son out this year. He asked me, he's like, would you use a crossbow? I said, yeah, she used a crossbow. I said, kind of helped that the deer aren't always the smartest because she missed the first time and then it came back. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah she's always excited tells everybody about it so i did that I this know. year too i missed one and the deer walked back so well i mean we all know i shot one in the butt and it came back the next day so yeah yeah those happens to the best of us yeah it's it's a good thing that there's smart deer out there because we shoot all the stupid ones yeah <laughs> There wouldn't be kind any the, deer left if they were all stupid because we shoot it's kind, of, it's kind of the running joke down at our hunting cabin. We're always like, we don't need a big one. We just need a dumb one. Yeah. <laughs> I just need a dumb one that's going to stand there. But yeah, like I said, so, I haven't, I bought some corn because I haven't run any cameras. So I'm going to put some corn out and put a camera out and see just what's out at the property. But the farmer put corn behind my property instead of soybeans this year so i'm guessing it'll be a little harder to get them on camera just because they'll be hanging out in the corn and basically have unlimited supply of corn but like i was thinking i was talking to dad he's like oh it doesn't matter you put a pile of corn out that's easy they'll come for the pile of corn (laughs) yeah Yeah, speaking of that did you guys know notice that uh, the crop rotation out on our grandparents' pro- property is off this year. Like, you know, usually it's pretty religious. You know, what was soybeans last year is corn this year. And, and that's not the case this year. Not entirely. Some of it is, but not all of it. Well, I'm guessing I that might have to do with. That. I'm guessing it might have to do with the price of corn. They probably Maybe. planted as much corn as they could because the price of corn is so high. If I had to guess, they're trying to, you know, they're all out there trying to make money. That's the goal. But that would be my guess is anywhere they could put corn, they want corn. For yeah. The most part. yeah. I, I mean, it also could be a soil test. You know, the soil test said. Right. You know, but yeah, I just it's. It's been a long time since the rotation's been adjusted at all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Speak, 
speaking of uh, dumb deer, so we were at the park the other day by our house, and right next to this park, there, there, it's a, it's a suburban suburbia, you know. Right next to where this park is, there's been an empty lot. So there's house, 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 driveway that goes back into this park. I think maybe two more houses and then an empty lot and then more houses continue on. And you could quite frequently drive by that empty lot and look back there, you know, as you're getting into dusk time or whatever, look back in there and see deer. Well, I don't know if it's always been who's owned it or whatever, but the the park that is sort of next door to this empty lot m- must have bought or or maybe they always owned this lot and that's why it never got built. I don't know. It's kind of a low-lying spot. Well, anywho, recently they've added a a trail in there. There's there's a there's a paved asphalt trail that runs around this whole thing. There's baseball fields there. Um, and there's one little area where, where this paved asphalt trail kind of goes, woods is a strong word, but like, you know, an overgrown area to where you can no longer see the baseball fields and then it, it loops back around. There's playground there, whatever. They've added a trail there that kind of goes out into this empty lot and then hooks around behind these houses to the road. And you can walk into this park from the road there basically right in the middle of this empty lot. Well, we had parked at the park, you know, and we were going on the walk. No, oh, new new trail. Let's let's walk back in here. And we walk around and you know, Amanda and Ella are with me and we're walking and talking, chatting, whatever. And uh I said, "Yeah, this is you know, kind of interesting." I said, "You know, cuz I always would drive by here and you could pretty religiously drive you know drive by here and look back in here and see a deer and i'm not kidding i i I no longer i no sooner finish that sentence and look to my left and there's a deer standing there at like 15 yards looking at us and it startled i mean it's so close it startled me you know i was like oh there's a deer right there (laughs) and you know ella sees it and it stands there and looks at us for a minute and you know realizes that we've seen it now and aren't just going to walk on by and it kind of trots off a few steps you know we can still see it but it's you know maybe 30 yards away at this point so we keep walking down this trail to the road hit the road we turn around come back and we're looking for that deer again it was on our left now that we've turned around we're looking to our right and all of a sudden we hear some commotion to our left and here come i think it was four or five more deer that i guess we were looking to our left and these deer cuz there's i mean we can see a, a person's house there, you know i mean it's i don't know maybe 30 yards of woods and then it starts a mowed yard and there's guys you know a person's house right there and so there was i think it was two does and two fawns run through there um i think all told we saw like seven deer on this little walk you know and they were all (laughs) easily within bow range could have shot them no problem you know it was like 
I just need those uh, come fall. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I've always said that, though. Yeah. They they always uh, find a way to disappear or find a hole to go hide in. Yeah. See deer yeah. everywhere, and then opening day rolls around, and it's like, where'd all the deer go? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> last night I had 25 deer at dusk in this field. Now it's like they somehow have a calendar and know. <laughs> well, and the, the funny thing is I was listening to a – a meat eater or not a meat eater um wired to hunt where you know he's he started having uh what's his name tony peterson do you know host some of the shows and i'm gonna blank on his name but the 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 dog trainer guy he does the like the the shed antler training and the the game recovery training and stuff he's got a youtube channel I'm blanking on his name, but anywho, they were talking on there and Tony runs, he has dogs and hunts pheasants. And he, he said he pretty much primarily is in whitetail mode until like after gun season. Then he, then he starts doing some pheasant hunts. And he was talking about how you wouldn't believe the, like the number of, high caliber bucks that we jump out of places where you wouldn't expect them to be. And not only that, but like we're, I mean, they're flushing like rabbits, you know, like they're, they're so close to you when they jump up and run off that it startles you because how did I get so close to that buck without seeing it laying in there? You know, he said there's even times where we've gone past it. And it jumps up behind us and runs off, you know. And so they, they like you know, like you said, they just know and react to that pressure and go places where they're not being messed with. They find little holes where people are walking right past them. I mean, because we've talked about that with doing deer drives. It's like, how could there not be an, a single deer in that whole hollow? You know, uh, it's so thick in there. There's got to be deer in there. You know, I wonder if we're walking past them. Yeah. And, you know, that, I mean, you know, no way to really know, but, you know, that sort of lends credence to, you know, there's a chance you could be walking past them. Yeah. Well, I have uh, a doe, and I assume there's probably a fawn as well, that, is living, I don't know, 30 yards from my house in my front yard. You know, I got woods there that no one goes in, especially this time of year. You know, and it's thick. It's, you know, grown up grass. And then there's, you know, a couple of trees. And just about every time I set one foot in that area, you know, if, if I go off the regular path, even if I walk down my driveway, you know, because it's not they're not used to people walking down the driveway, car going down the driveway is no big deal. But if I walk down my driveway, it comes busting out. Yeah. And I, I've kicked the thing up probably five times. And <laughs> it's basically every time I set foot in. And I mean, it the. The 
one time I I got close to it and it busted up up out of there and you know it's was so thick that I could see you know like the color of its hide but couldn't tell what it was and hmm. I I thought it was the neighbor's uh golden retriever is what I thought it was oh and you know but then I was kind of looking more and i was like no is that a coyote and then i realized oh no that's a deer like that's a deer deer there yeah because i have a compost i was walking down my compost piles what i was doing and sometimes the neighbor's dog you know gets in there and you know eats whatever it thinks smells tasty Yeah. yeah and uh that's what i thought it was but no it was a deer yeah, I we only put like, you know, compost approved stuff in our compost, but a lot of that stuff is stuff that our dog would eat, you know, and so like sometimes we're going outside and she's getting all excited like, oh, a treat, a treat, you know, it's like carrots or, you know, like you cut the top, the top off a carrot or whatever, and you're going to go toss that in the compost or whatever. And if I would let her, she would, you know, she'd eat it, but. I would rather have it as compost. <laughs> right. But. All right. Anything else? Uh, this has been kind of a, a, a BS session, just kind of catching up on, on things. Anything else we need or want to cover? I don't well, think so. I, I made a call to the ODNR to clarify some questions about controlled hunts. Oh, okay. I guess people might be interested in. Um, I don't know. They also it also might just anger people. I don't know. But uh, I wanted some clarification on some stuff just to see what was going on exactly. Um, so the first question that everyone has been having is like, are are these there used to be a lot of hunts that were in-person drawings. Um, most of the state park hunts were in, in, you know, state park archery hunts were in-person drawings. You had to show up in person, get a lottery ticket and get drawn. And then, and you would pick your spot. Um, right. And then same thing with, a lot of, there was a lot of waterfowl hunts that were in person you had to show up day of the hunt and you know either get drawn or, or not drawn so a oh lot so of people, it wasn't like sorry to interrupt but it wasn't like show up get drawn and then in a month come back for your hunt it was like day of the hunt you you show bunch of guys show up guys gals whoever show up whoever gets drawn goes out to whatever their designated zone, their designated waterfowl blind and hunts that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there okay. was both op- opportunities cause they had for waterfowl, they had blind drawings, you know, for like, like waterfowl blinds. Okay. Um, and those were, you would show up before season, you know, put in, get drawn, pick your blind, and then you, you know, had that blind for the season. Um, so I asked, I said, you know, 
I, I know last year they, they went away with almost all of the in-person, if not all of the in-person drawings. And this year it seems like we're heading the same way. Um, are, you know, is this just because of the pandemic still, or is this the new norm? And the answer was, this is the new norm. Mm. You know, this is why, you know, this is what we're doing. We find this to be a, a better option. Um, and I didn't ask about the, the state park bow hunting's hunts for for deer kind of the reasoning behind that why they made those online um but for the blind drawings uh one of the the big reasons or one of the reasons was it opened up op more op you know opportunity to more people you know you you didn't have to show up on X date just for a chance to get drawn. You know, same thing with uh, just the regular waterfowl hunt. Some some of those were in the middle of the week. Well, most, of, you know, half of them were the middle of the week. It was, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. So you had to show up on a Tuesday or Thursday for people who work a normal job, take off work for the chance to get to go duck hunting that day. Um, so it was to, to increase opportunity. For, for the, the reason that they made the change was to increase opportunity. So more people yeah, could enroll. That, that's the reason that they've continued it is because okay. it increases opportunities for, for people, you know, but the guys who were, you know, Going to these midweek hunt drawings, you know, every week, you know, someone who has Tuesdays off and was going every, every Tuesday, obviously his opportunities are severely limited now because now he can be drawn once where, you know, before he was able to draw, draw, you know, he could potentially draw every Tuesday, but he was at least, you know, his odds were to get drawn you know every other week every, every third week you know so obviously those people's opportunities are greatly limited now you know people who are relying on it well and it, it so sort I of those it's sort of uh limit to limits the the previous system limits people that are local right i mean you'd have to drive there show up whereas this you can get drawn and then drive two hours the day of the hunt. Is that, am I understanding that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, the, this, the online system is a lot better for me because I would basically never take off a day of work for the chance to get to go duck hunting. Right. You know, and especially not take off where drive, an hour or two for the chance, even if my odds are high, you know, even if I have, you know, 75, 80% chances of getting drawn, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I'm not gonna gamble with a vacation day like that, you know, yeah. but 
I guess last year the big problem um, was, you know, people were saying that, well, yeah, these people won these drawings, but they didn't even show up, you know, to hunt. And I would have hunted. Oh. You know, and the other thing that they talked about with the online system with the the duck blind drawings was it's it's a lot easier to prevent people from uh uh what's the word i'm looking for subverting their system the the their intention was to make all of the duck blind drawings at the same time or so close to each other that you could only attend one drawing but gotcha. people were able to either, you know, they would attend one drawing and then, you know, the next drawing was an hour, hour and a half later. They would attend one drawing and, you know, scoot across towns, scoot across the state and be able to get into a second one. Or people would show up, get their tickets, you know, their lottery ticket, if you will, the raffle ticket. And they would give their ticket to a buddy and then go to a different one. So then their their buddy had two raffle tickets. Gotcha. So they this completely, you know, makes it so you can't do that. You can only apply for one blind drawing and the system knows when when you've applied and won't allow you to apply for more. So But a a lot of people were wondering, is this system, you know, here to stay? And according to the ODNR, yes. This seems like it's the new norm. This is the new norm. So love it, hate it. It's what it is. Uh, Hmm. um, The other question that a lot of people were having was prior to the pandemic, at least one of the controlled hunts, uh, the one at Maggie Marsh, or maybe it was the Ottawa Wild. They're they're both basically the same area, um, but there was a controlled hunt there where the transportation to the blind on a boat was provided. You know, with if you won the lottery, you were able. They would take you to the blind in a boat. Okay. Last year they didn't do that. This year they're not doing it again. So once again, people were asking, you know, is that just because of the pandemic or is this the new norm? And they're this is the new norm. If you want to participate in that hunt, you have to have your own your own boat. Your own gotcha. way to get to the blind. So hmm. at if you didn't have you know if you don't have a boat and you enjoyed uh that opportunity i don't know buy a boat or find a friend with a boat i guess and i i never participated so i don't know if you need a you know what kind of boat you need you know i don't know if uh if a canoe would do or if it's you know i don't know i've never participated before right, so i don't yeah. know what kind of boat you need but hmm. 
That okay. one's a little, I don't know, a little more disappointing because that's just another barrier to entry for people. You know, a boat's a pretty expensive piece of hunting equipment that not everybody has. Yeah, I mean, in that case, they're they're limiting opportunity. You know, the other the other case, I can see their argument, right? It opens up opportunity. Limits opportunity yeah. for the people that were, you know, entering multiple times or would come back for, a, you know, but it opens it up to a lot more people. But, but yeah, right. the, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know that they were providing transportation. So, like, hearing that was kind of shocking to me, you know, yeah, they would have yeah, even I, ever done that. But, yeah. Right. That's. And I, I don't know how that worked exactly. Cause yeah, that, that surprised me as well. Like, and I don't know if it was because I don't, I don't know why they did it in the first place other than maybe they were trying to protect the habitat, you know, and they wanted you to go on like this very specific path to your blind and back, you know, they yeah, didn't want you just tearing through the marsh. But yeah, I, I don't know why they ever did it in the first place. I don't I don't know, but uh, the new norm is that they're they're not. You have to provide your own boat. So hmm. just a heads up that both the both those changes are, are permanent changes. I mean, at least for the time being, they're they're planned to be permanent changes. Right. All right. Anything else you talk to them about? I don't think so. I just had those two two questions. You know, at least those were the two things that they were able to answer. I had some more questions, but they just gave me different phone numbers to answer those questions. Gotcha. So. All right. I don't know. I might call those numbers and get the answers. I might not. I hear you. All right. So that's it for this week. Like I said at the beginning, kind of a, a, a wide-ranging sort of a BS session, catch-up session between the three of us. Hopefully there was something in there that was interesting, entertaining, or that you just enjoyed listening to the conversation. As always, I want to thank you all for listening. Continue to share this, the podcast. That, that really helps us out. Share the episodes. And hopefully you have some time to get outside, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the the summer warmth because it won't be long. And, uh, you know, we'll all be complaining about the cold and the wet and the nasty. So with that, we'll, sh- we'll uh, shut it off this week and I'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening.